0: SECTION 20 OF BALED HAY BY BILL NYE. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. Anecdote OF SPOTTED Tail. The popularity of the above-named chieftain dates from a very trifling little incident, as did that of many other men who were now great. Spotted Tail had never won much distinction up to that time, except as the owner of an appetite, in the presence of which his tribes stood in dumb and terrible awe. During the early days of what is now the great throbbing and ambitious West, the tribe camped near Fort Sedgwick, and Big Mouth, a chief of some importance, used to go over to the post regularly for the purpose of filling his brindle hide full of Fort Sedgwick bloom of youth. As a consequence of Big Mouth's fatal yearning for liquid damnation, he generally got impudent and openly announced on the parade ground that he could lick the entire regular army. This used to offend some of the blood scarred heroes who had just arrived from West Point, and in the heat of debate they would warm the venerable warrior about two feet below the back of his neck with the fiat of their sabers. This was a gross insult to Big Mouth, and he went back to the camp where he found Spotted Tail eating a mule that had died of inflammatory rheumatism. Big Mouth tearfully told the wild epicure of the way he had been treated and asked for a council of war. Spot picked his teeth with a tent-pin and then told the defeated relic of a mighty race that if he would quit strong drink, he would be subjected to fewer insults. Big Mouth then got irritated and told S. Tail that his remarks showed that he was standing in with the aggressor and was no friend to his people. Spotted Tail said that Mr. B. Mouth was a liar, "'by yon high heaven, "'and before there was time to think it over, "'he took a butcher knife about four feet long "'from its scabbard "'and cut Mr. Bigmouth plumb in two "'just between the umbilicus and the watch-pocket. "'As the reader who is familiar with anatomy "'has already surmised, "'Bigmouth died from the effects of this wound, "'and Spotted Tail was at once looked upon "'as the Moses of his tribe. "'He readily rose to prominence,' and by his strict attention to the duties of his office, made for himself a name as a warrior and a pie-biter, at which the world turned pale. This should teach us the importance of taking the tide at its flood, which leads on to fortune, and to lay low when there is a hen on, as Benjamin Franklin has so truly said. THE ZEALOUS VOTER "'Speaking of New York politics,' said Judge Hildreth of Cummings the other day, "'they have a cheerful way of doing business in Gotham, "'and at first it rather surprised me. "'I went into New York a short time before election, "'and a Democratic friend told me I had better go and get registered so I could vote. "'I did so, for I hate to lose the divine right of suffrage, "'even when I'm a good way from home. "'When election day came around, I went over to the polls in a body in the afternoon,' "'but they wouldn't let me vote. "'I told them I was registered all right "'and that I had a right and must exercise it "'the same as any other Democrat in this enlightened land. "'But they swore at me and entreated me roughly "'and told me to go there myself "'and that I had already voted once and couldn't do it anymore. "'I had always thought that New York was prone to vigilance "'and industry in the suffrage business, "'and early and often was what I supposed to be the grand hailing sign.' It made me mad, therefore, to have the city get so virtuous all at once that it couldn't even let me vote once. I was irritated and extremely ill-natured when I went back to Mr. McGinnis and told him of the great trouble I had with the judges of election, and I denounced New York politics with a great deal of fervor. Mr. McGinnis said it was all right, that's easy enough to me, George. Give me something difficult. Sit down and risk yourself. Don't get excited and talk so loud. I know yez was out last night with the byes and he didn't feel like getting up early to go to the pose, So I got one of the byes to go over and vote your name. That's all right. Come here and have something. I saw at a glance that New York people were attending to the things thoroughly and carefully, and since that, when I hear that a full vote hasn't been polled in New York City for some unknown cause, I do not think it is true. I look upon the statement with great reserve, for I believe they vote people there who have been dead for centuries, and people who have not yet arrived in this country, nor even expressed a desire to come over." I am almost positive that they are still voting the bones of old A.T. Stewart up in the doubtful wards, and as soon as Charlie Ross is entitled to vote, he will most assuredly be permitted to represent. Why, there's one ward there where they vote. The theater ghosts and the spirit of Hamlet's father hasn't missed an election for a hundred years. How to Preserve Teeth "'I find,' said an old man to a boomerang reporter yesterday, "'that there is absolutely no limit to the durability of the teeth, "'if they are properly taken care of. "'I never drink hot drinks, "'always brush my teeth morning and evening, "'avoid all acids, whatever, "'and although I'm sixty-five years old, "'my teeth are as good as ever they were. "'And that is all you do to preserve your teeth, is it?' "'Yes, sir,' That's all, barring perhaps the fact that I put him in a glass of soft water at nights. Mr. Beecher's Brain Mr. Beecher has raked in two million dollars with his brain. A good tall bulging brow and a brain that will give down like that a rather to be chosen than a blind lead and an easy running cerebellum than a stone quarry with a silent but firm skunk in it. Oh, no! The telephone line between Cheyenne and Laramie City will soon be in operation. It won't work, however. It may be a success for a time, but sooner or later Bill Nye will set his lopsided jaws at work in front of the transmitter and pour a few quarts of untutored lies into the contribution box, which does service as part of the telephone machine. Then the wires will be yanked off the poles, a hissing torrent of prevarication will blow the battery jars clean over into Utah, and the listener at the Cheyenne end will be gathered up in a basket. Weeping friends will hold a funeral over a pair of old boots and a fragment of shoulder blade, the remains of the departed Cheyenneese. It is a weird and pixical thing to be a natural-born liar, But there are times when a robust lie will successfully defy the unanimous inventive genius of the age. Son Oh, do not say those cruel words, kind friend. Do not throw it up to us that we are weird and pixical. Oh, believe us, kind sir, we may have done wrong, but we never did that. We know that election is approaching and all sorts of bygone crookedness is raked up at that time, even when a man is not a candidate for office. But we ask the public to scan our record and see if the charge made by the sun is true. It may be that years ago we escaped justice and fled to the West under an assumed name, but no man ever before charged us with being weird and pixical. We have been in all kinds of society, perhaps, and mingled with people who were our inferiors, having been pulled by the police once while visiting a democratic caucus, But that was our misfortune, not our fault. We were not a member of the caucus and were therefore discharged. But even little things like that ought to be forgotten. As for entering anyone's apartments and committing a pixical crime, we state now, without fear of successful contradiction, that it is not so. It is no sign because a man, in an unguarded moment, entered the Rock Creek eating house and gave way to his emotions. "'that he is a person to be shunned. "'It was hunger and not love for the questionable "'that made us go there. "'It is not because we are by nature weird or pixical, "'for we are not. "'We are not angry over this charge. "'It just simply hurts and grieves us. "'It comes, too, at a time "'when we are trying to lead a different life "'and while others are trying to lend us "'every aid and encouragement.' We have many friends in Cheyenne who want to see us come up and take higher ground, but how can we do so if the press lends its influence against us? That's just the way we feel about it. If the public prints try to put us down and crush us in this manner, we will probably get desperate and be just as weird and pixical as we can be. End of section 20.